Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Teemo Arena from the Biker's Handbook and also upcoming Resilient Being book. So today's topic is resilience, longevity, and how can we, you know, slow down aging? Uh, what I really like about, you know, longevity research is that, you know, it's it's really pushing the boundaries of what it means to be human and kind of getting into the really the nuts and bolts of why we are on this planet because in the end aging is a very central part of that process so if we go back in evolution to the times when we were just single cell organisms and there was like the 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 basically the the earth's magnetic field was not as developed as it is today and we were receiving you know occasional bursts of uh, magnetic radiation from the sun for example and that induced mutations in single cell organisms and those cells that continued dividing despite the dna damage those actually died over time you know that it was not a good thing but at some point there was adaptation that happened which basically led to uh, something we call dna repair so basically the cells stop dividing uh, they know this damage, they go back and, and they basically fix the damage. And there's many other processes like that in the human body. One of them could be described as autophagy, which is the way how the body is recycling damaged cells. There's different imbalances in communication between cells and organ systems. There is different metabolic dysfunctions, uh, mitochondrial dysfunction, and so on, that are contributing to the aging process. And luckily, our system is extremely resilient. It's very resilient um, in its ability to repair damage. But that is also part of the reason why we age and why we die so young. In nature, there are animals and uh, and um, insects and a bunch of other things that seem to live forever. Uh, so tardigrades are really good examples. Certain jellyfishes are great. Uh, sharks can, you know, uh, swim forever, not get cancer. Uh, uh, and so in nature, there are species that seem to have defeated the the hallmarks of aging. But as humans, we still have them. But it's part part of our capability of being so extremely adaptive and resilient in the environment where we are. So those are the topics today. Um, we welcome you to join in the chat. So the Biker Summit YouTube channel, there is a chat on the stream and you can throw in your comments. I'm also following the chat on Seam Lunch YouTube channel as well. So hello, you know, everyone who is there. Uh, there's already a pretty educated audience there. So I recommend you to check out the chat because like people are already talking about things like metformin, resveratrol, you know, rapamycin, spermidine. I actually took spermidine uh, this morning. Uh, spermidine, sperm, you know, that's where it comes from. It was actually first discovered in sperm and it seems that it is activating um, autophagy and longevity. So I, I just took that this morning to see what happens if I'm going to live forever like a jellyfish. So if you have any any questions about how you can become a jellyfish or a tardigrade or whatever, you're Hi, welcome bro. to join the chat. And Hi, I, have a couple, I have a couple of single cell organisms joining me. So in studio we have Dr. Oli Soviarvi and uh, a multicellular extra uh, 
cellular organism uh, Simland from from Estonia, who, uh, despite his age, seems to live forever already. So um, we will learn a lot from him. Of course, he has written several books about aging uh, and uh, the processes that break or make us. So welcome, gentlemen. Hello, hello. What's up? Hello, thank you very much. Uh, my ex absolute favorite animal is Hydra. <laughs> you heard it right. You, it, it's Hydra. If you cut it in half, it's kind of like Medusa or, or this uh, this uh, jellyfish type of creature, but not so. So if you cut it in half, it can regenerate itself. So that's that's pretty amazing. And there are different kind of animals. Tardigrade, of course, uh, absolutely ridiculous can tolerate like uh, 150 degrees Celsius and almost to the <laughs> close to the absolute point of zero. Yeah, that's um, probably closest, closest to, you know, Chuck Norris we have in, in that <laughs> walk in. And, and what is interesting when you mentioned that these divide and they replicate by, by cutting them, actually as humans, we can live forever by dividing, basically by reproduction. And I think that's one of the reasons why we die is that we can pass on the information to the upcoming generations mm -hmm. so that we live as long as is needed for the epigenetic changes or the, or the information from the environment to reach our uh, DNA to modify itself to be able to adapt to the environment. And there is this paradox, which is basically that if the environment is changing faster than we are doing this process, so meaning if we extend lifespan, so if we are like doubling, tripling, quadrupling our expected life, lifespan or even health span, which is probably the better side of uh, aging here, uh, at the same time when the environment is changing much, much faster than ever before, so if you think of the times you live in, like uh, this electronic media and uh, food mass production and supplements and all that, I mean, none of that existed like a hundred years ago. A couple of hundred years ago, we were just coming into the industrial revolution even. And if you think about, you know, the next 10 years, probably we're going to have more changes than we had in the last hundred years or 50 years. So in a sense, it is almost irresponsible to live forever because then you don't allow nature to take the adaptation. I see aging and dying as a filtration. It's kind of like artificial intelligence filtering information that we want to pass on to future generations so that they can survive. It's almost selfish to live forever. forever. Mm. But at the same time, you know, if evolution is too slow, it's a good question if we have to become biohackers so that we start to take evolution into our own hands with the intelligent design. So we take supplements and we adapt to the environment and we're very conscious about it. And if nothing else is possible, we, we take, you know, technology to a level, maybe, you know, 3D printed organs or implants or whatever is needed in that stage, maybe even DNA manipulation. But we are manipulating our DNA already by changing our diet. We are manipulating our DNA by you know changing a lifestyle so in a way that's a softer approach but maybe there is a harder approach also and and that also provokes a lot of philosophical existential even even religious questions and ideas if it's okay for humanity to take its evolution into its own hands so that's what I what I think about it so I think we live forever already by having children but at the end like some people want to live forever in a petri dish do you know what's David Sinclair's favorite song? Go ahead. The Queen Who Wants to Live Forever. <laughs> okay. 
I don't know if it's true, but <laughs> could it help that? His last name reminds me of singularity. You know? Yeah, yeah, you, and you always pronounce it like that. But anyhow, uh, we have some pretty amazing news regarding the follow-up for the Barker's Handbook. And can we have the slides? It is the resilient being. Master your biology of resilience, immunity, and longevity. And now, actually, to this date, this exactly moment, it is now you can pre-order it. Go to the Biohack to Resilient Being landing page. So um, let's go there. This is going to be monster of a book. So um, I think we all already have like about 500 pages done and we still need to write quite a bit. And this will be this will be the most comprehensive book about human resilience ever written. Of course, Sim has amazing books. They are uh, totally going deep into their topics. But let's see what, what's actually inside. We have divided the resilience actually into five different categories. There's physical resilience, mental resilience, social resilience, spiritual resilience, and environmental resilience. We're going to have a closer look at metabolism in general, the nervous system, autonomic nervous system, how to uh, hack your traumas and emotions, go deeper into the uh, structure of the ego and the shadow, the Jungian style, uh, what is consciousness, how, what is transcendence, how can we transcend ourselves. And then there is hormesis and immunity. Uh, this is, there's an index in the landing page, uh, physical resilience, different kind of stuff, go through ketosis, intermittent fasting, HPX, autonomic nervous system, stress in general. Uh, on the mental side, we have, uh, we have actually written uh, Biaker's brain nutrition book, which is going to be integrated in this one. It's about 250 pages. So what is a resilient brain, neuroplasticity, uh, gut brain, microbiota connection, brain foods, nootropics, and so on. Uh, environmental resilience, Hormesis, uh, the concept of hormesis, the immune system, nature connection, uh, calorie restriction, environmental toxins, longevity, autophagy, and, and so on. But we want, uh, we know that there are a lot of books that go through these three uh, categories of resilience. But there isn't that many books on social resilience, which also integrates childhood, environment, experiences, parenting, personalities, uh, different kind of personality types, Jungian archetypes, ego and the self, and also the shadow and the subconscious. And of course, the dark triad of personality traits. And then there's trauma and different kind of therapies. So we wanted to go deeper into these uh, ailments because they are critical and integral part of, of what, what is to be a human, what is it is to be a resilient being. And then there's spiritual resilience. What is uh, our ancestry and heritage? What is consciousness? How can, how can we affect our consciousness? We have the universal mind, responsibility, uh, transcendence, immortality, the constitution of man, and how to go become uh, from the wounded healer to Prometheus. That's so if you, <laughs> if you want to support... Uh, go ahead, Demo. Yeah, it's, it's amazingly extensive, like... Um, 
it's it's really kind of like after the biker's handbook how can we overcome ourselves and we just have to do something that is you know beyond what we have written so far it's not an easy feat so so this is the book that we are writing right now and we are happy to have you know a massive part of it is done already so if you want to support us uh, please pre-order the book now and you get a lot of perks that you would not get otherwise for example um, you get all the extra material that never makes it into the book uh, with Parker's handbook there was over 200 pages of recipes and and uh, deep stuff that just didn't you know make it into the printed edition because there's always limited number of pages we can print uh, and the other thing is you get access to a private Facebook group uh, where those people are interested in resilience and longevity, where the authors of this book are happy to answer your questions and um, uh, the community as well. And we also give you um, discounts and free perks into uh, you know, biohacking and longevity and resilience related products uh, together with our partners. And with each book, we will send out to all the people who pre-ordered uh, a complimentary gift uh, with the Biker's Handbook, we, we did send originally a um, uh, Biker's Chocolate Bar that was uh, handcrafted by us. Uh, Unique B is never available again. And uh, we will send something similar with this book. So it's only 39 euros and you get, you know, over 500 euros worth of goodies. And also your yeah, access to our upcoming Mastering Resilience online course as well that goes through the uh, parts of this uh, this book uh, so you get immediate access to some things and all that all the time to more and more goodies as we go forward and uh, you're welcome to go to uh, theresilientbeing.com or uh, biohack.to slash theresilientbeing um, and uh, you, you're welcome you're welcome to uh, take a look at the book uh, sorry yeah biohack.to slash resilientbeing and uh, you will be on our pre-order list. Uh, so, so that's our sequel, basically the 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 actual sequel to the Biker's Handbook that we're working on. With that, um, I'll I'll hand it over back to you, Oli. Thanks, Temu. So, um, yeah, this is this. Um, I'm I'm actually excited. We finally got this um, really kickstarted. Of course, we have been writing this. I've been basically doing with, with Inka and Teemu um, for about two years now. And now is the time to actually release it uh, for your uh, support so that you can help us bring it to you and get as big, um, like print as many copies as possible. So as many people as who would like to get it, actually get it. And uh, I would like to also credit beforehand Seamland's work uh, he's done like monumental work for example on a metabolic autophagy which is a huge part of of the physical environmental resilience and uh, actually this is like the I think this is the first print of of this one and you have a, come at, at least the second version of this book and the latest book I got from scene was the mineral fix which is absolutely insane I don't think I've ever seen so many <laughs> references, like 4,700 or something like that. So I, I think the, the references in itself take like a couple of hundred pages, but it's it's worth the information. And uh, even me as a person who has uh, a web course in Finnish in how to fix your nutrition, different uh, like nutritional elements, 
learns something about this book. So, um, yeah, welcome Seamland. How, how's your day? How's your Tofoshi? How, how long do you think you're gonna live? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, yeah, but today was a re- regular productive day and uh, had a good workout before. Uh, uh, how long am I gonna live? <laughs> well, <laughs> that's uh, you know who knows. You know who knows what's gonna happen Nobody in knows. the next uh, few years. So yeah, you know, yeah, always have to take into account the unexpected. So, uh, but uh, yeah, if, if everything goes as planned, then uh, I'll plan to live, you know, as long as I need to. <laughs> yeah, as as long as you're needed in this planet and, and you have fulfilled your kind of mission. So uh, nobody knows. We could die tomorrow. So uh, you have to live like you wouldn't live another day. So that's that's why... Uh, resilience is, is also that uh i i want to know what what was your workout like before this you usually do a workout before our sessions mm. what did you uh, well today was a uh, leg day so i did uh barbell squats in, in the gym barbell squats yeah nice yeah and that's that's it yeah i usually when i train legs i usually do like uh, squats and maybe cow raises but uh, yeah not not that much else yeah all that I, or, or they have like pretty big legs so <laughs> <laughs> yeah well if you squat like 180 which is ridiculous so yeah so it's yeah, so, uh, absolutely there's a comment from our audience <laughs> harry is commenting that uh seem is a sexy beast he's an estonian blonde <laughs> with intelligence it's a killer body so if, there you go like but oh. I, i'm i'm like if that all that growth hormone is actually going to cause cancer in seems body earlier or if he's a mm. calorie restricted monkey that's going to live forever like <laughs> what's your take seem like because there's this idea that you know balancing metabol uh, balancing anabolism and catabolism that's where longevity comes from so mm. does it make sense to have so much growth hormone so much meat for activating igf1 and doing those heavy workouts Yeah, well, you know, there's there's the uh, signal and there's the response. So uh, you can still activate the signal without necessarily causing this uh, response. So like, although I do, you know, train a lot, I also fast. I also uh, eat like a higher protein intake. My like IGF-1 levels are actually re- really low. Like the last time I took them, they were like uh, 100. So which is, you know, actually super low. And, yeah. uh, you know, you know that does it means that you know not not necessarily everything that uh, is associated with uh, growth hormone or IG1 it doesn't you know have to lead to um, these uh, negative side effects if you're you know balancing it with uh, say fasting or something uh, so yeah you know if i were to be eating you know six times a day then i would be probably worried about that and my IG1 levels would also be higher but because of you know uh, doing everything else uh, as well uh, you know correctly then uh, i'm not like you know worried about it Mm. I think Sim has found the perfect like the code or method how to combine the both best of both worlds like uh, staying young but also uh, creating as much power and, and muscle and, and uh, kind of like strength as you can be. So uh, if you think about aging and the biomarkers, I, I find this uh, classic book, The Biomarkers from 1990. Or 1991. So the first uh, features actually there are, uh, which which are uh, related to like uh, anti-aging and 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 staying alive in general are muscle strength and muscle mass. Mm-hmm. So so uh, these feats are definitely a good thing. Of course, you can go and take it totally overboard, uh, having like 
300 pounds of mass and with, with uh, extensive use of yeah. steroids like this uh monster bodybuilders who usually they don't live uh, maybe in the 40s or max 50s and they die of out of different kind of issues right. so uh there is a limit <laughs> limit to that yeah, as well there is a lot of interest from our audience in you know supplementation and all that i also had some berberine today for example i also had some nac because i'm not as young as seem i mean i might look like I'm 20 or something when I'm actually close to 40. And uh, one thing, as you age, uh, your glutathione levels, naturally, they they get lower. So I take, you know, occasionally some some building blocks for glutathione. So today I took some enastylcysteine, which is a building block for glutathione alongside with glutamine. And what's the other compound? Cysteine. And the third one is... Uh, vitamin C is a part of that too. Blackout. But anyway, um, so our bodies, they, they, they run out of certain things and all, that's linked to the hallmarks of aging that seem is going to give a little primer soon. Um, but maybe all you can remind our audience about our offers today. Yeah, definitely. Uh, first of all, we have a different, uh, like it, it's a pretty extensive section on ketosis and keto products. And as we know, probably most of us know, ketosis is uh, related to autophagy and, and uh, the elements in, in biochemistry and the metabolism uh, that has to do with uh, different uh, factors that affect our aging. So we have an extensive section on, on the ketosis. But uh, also, actually, we are coming up pretty soon a Nordic Wild Herb training course. So I wanted to mention this, and this is a absolutely beautiful cover just finished today by Yasmin, and uh, we have also have we already have a lot of material shot for the course, and Sami Talberg is the leading guy behind the course. So stay tuned for the Nuric Wild Herb training. But before going into these uh, ailments, uh, I want to show a few favorites of mine to support healthy aging and promoting longevity. Uh, David Sinclair has been talking about resveratrol, uh, I think, so much that uh, anybody who knows who is David Sinclair knows about the resveratrol and how much he takes. And this is also pretty staple in my supplement regime. Uh, I usually combine it also with nicotinamide riboside and maybe twice a year, uh, kind of like a set of NMN as well. But uh, I don't want to take these like all the time because I, I want to give the system a little bit of rest. But uh, I think resveratrol is something that you could actually take on a daily basis. Of course, we have a pretty good or actually I would say like excellent products, which are a combination of different kind of things related to autophagy and energy metabolism, the regulation of the mitochondrial function, which is definitely the qualia eternus or qualia life, as I think it's, it's uh, named at the moment, but also qualia mind. I, I like them both. So uh, I don't take like the doses they recommend because they're absolutely <laughs> ridiculously high. So even a microdose of these two are work wonders. Um, I've used the Aqua Ultra, like the tap filter. I don't, I don't drink the tap water, even though it's, it's kind of like clean. 
but it still has some elements I don't want to put in my body. So clean water uh, is essential for our system. Of course, if you can get get into a good good well or even even like good quality spring water, that would be even better. Um, for exercise, we have this brand brand new Hypervibe G14, which is absolutely ridiculous uh, vibration machine or plate. Uh, at its best, it's actually creating 7.0 G force to your system. So it, that's that's uh, actually more than even in, in the uh, biggest Formula One corners drove with over 300 kilometers per hour. So absolutely insane stimulus. Standing one minute in this device, uh, that's, that's corresponding to 20-minute walk. And for minerals, we have Bio-Optimizer's Primergen uh, Wii. So this is a liquid uh, form of different minerals and fulvic acids and, and so on. So I really like that stuff. And uh, before we let Seam uh, take over, Demo also has some favorites that uh, I actually have have this uh, device here. It's the Omnipenth or Neorhythm. It's, it's this kind of device creating different uh, PMF uh, programs, whether you'd like to have like a boost for your cognition or you want to relax uh, before, like before going to sleep or just relaxing. So for example, if you put it, put it here, it stimulates uh, the, the prefrontal cortex. And usually in the evening, I put it like back in the neck and it, it's uh, creating these more like alpha and even delta waves. So uh, I find this Omnipenth device really powerful. And uh, since I got it like three months ago, I've, I've been using it on a daily basis. And uh, well, Teemu, let's, let's uh, yeah, that, go ahead. That, that's super cool. So, so a couple of things that I selected uh, from the store of our offers, we have uh, Life Extensions Optimized Resveratrol. Uh, it's Transresveratrol form, which is the, the best one from, from studies. Uh, David Singlair takes uh, 500 to uh, one gram, uh, 500 milligram to one gram of, of this uh, on a daily basis. Uh, they have seen significant improvements in the lab for for um, you know the, the aging markers and and the, just the looks of uh, hearts of uh, animals. Uh, and, and same applies for humans. So. If heart health is important to you, resveratrol is a key thing. Uh, quercetin would be another another thing uh, for mitochondrial health for sure. That is uh, is a very good supplement to look into. Um, in in terms of figuring out what ketosis is doing to your body and understanding your body's glycation, uh, the glycation test is is great. So you basically get this box, and inside the box you have instructions there's instructions in here and so there's a blood collection kit super easy you can do at home and then you have an envelope for sending this back to the lab and you get the results and this test you can do on a regular basis actually to figure out how diet and lifestyle changes are affecting your aging uh, potential by looking at the glycation aspects of, of your body and there are other tests, of course, like we on our store, you also have um, the, the ketone testing um, devices. We have the ACE track, which I think is, is one of the best right now for measuring the ketosis and understanding if you're in nutritional ketosis or not. Um, and um, 
yeah, that's right there. So that's that's a recommended product also that I would pick up. And on a daily basis, I use uh, caprylic acid, uh, so fractioned coconut oil, because it kickstarts uh, ketosis. And it's just a perfect fuel for the body. It's very popular uh, among biohackers. But I'm not just using it in coffee. I'm also putting it in my salad dressings and and um, in, in other types of drinks, also some teas that I make. I like to use it. And along with my coffee, I often put also uh, wild-crafted bone broth. Uh, I'm not just using, you know... Uh, collagen as it is uh, that you can buy as a supplement. I like to have a full spectrum approach to this. So uh, I think the, the the dehydrated bone broth powder that we have is is just absolutely the best on the market to definitely throw into different beverages that you might have super easy to transport and use. So if bone broth is a bit hard sometimes, like try this stuff. And uh, yeah, with that, um, yeah, I'm also, every day I'm using mushroom products on our store. You have now just the absolutely best mushroom products on the market. So this just came in, uh, never been available before. So what we have here is Mighty Fungi double extracted mushroom products. So Lion's Mane, I mix in my coffee, it tastes like toffee, almost like uh, has a bit sweet taste, um, but it's no carbohydrates. It is actually increasing neural growth factors in the prefrontal cortex, has also immune system supporting functions, just like Chaga. And these are, by the way, the highest quality products on the market in terms of lab testing. We have the lab certificates, and we know that this stuff is clean. It's not some crap from China that many manufacturers sell. This is good stuff. We are from the, you know, we are from Finland, and uh, here in the north, the mushrooms are clean. So Chaga. That's one thing, double extract that I use kind of as the basis for supporting immune system. And then for energy metabolism and increasing blood oxygen intake, I go for cordyceps, which is uh, definitely, it's also a bit stimulating, so I wouldn't take that in the evening. Uh, for evening, I take red reishi. You know, there's different types of reishi, but red reishi is definitely the best one on the market. And uh, this particular red race is very good in the evening for relaxation and and uh, overall kind of immune system support. And they also have a four mushroom complex where you have all of these together. The taste is amazing. It disappears in your drink like nothing. And uh, take a look at the mighty fungi, fungi, mighty fungi uh, mushroom extracts. Those are some of my favorites. You might become oh, yeah. a fungi. Very fun when fungi. you eat a lot of fungi. <laughs> oh, yeah. So take a look at biohackercenter.com. You can, you, there is a bunch of other products also there, um, keto chocolates and bars and stuff like that available. So here we go. Seem, are you ready to rumble? All marks of aging. Let's go. And by the way, any question, jump into the chat window. You know, there, there's a lot of good stuff coming up already. We're going to get into your questions in a moment. Um, and uh, yes, people are asking what is the age of Seamland? I don't know. I think it's 5,000 years old based on Buddhists. Um, so yeah, yeah, there's people who are saying they're long, long users of NAC. Yeah, someone corrected me on the, on the glutathione. So it's glycine, glutamine, and cysteine. That's the building blocks for glutathione, correct? 
And so, uh, yeah, so it's... let's jump into the hallmarks of aging. Yeah, go ahead, Seem. Are you on mute? Sorry, <laughs> you see my screen. <laughs> yeah. Now we're talking. All right, go ahead. Uh, are you seeing my screen? Uh, not yet. Now we are. There we go. Yes. All right. So here they are, the uh, hallmarks of aging. And uh, this is kind of um, the ones that are brought out by this researcher, uh, Lopez, if I'm not mistaken, in the year 2013. And there are nine of them. And uh, Dame also mentioned that, you know, there's one additional tenth that you can uh, mention afterwards. But yeah, basically the nine hallmarks of aging are one uh, genomic instability, which just, uh, you know, refers to... Uh, these you know, DNA, DNA mutations, things like that, as you get older, the instability increases and your risk of cancers and the DNA mutations goes up. Then there's a telomere attrition, which uh, telomeres are, you know, describes these uh, protective caps on the chromosomes and uh, that uh, the damage also occurs during DNA repair, etc. So if they get shorter, then you're going to experience much more DNA damage. Uh, next one is uh, epigenetic alterations, which, uh, you know, refers to everything like related to epigenetics, like methylation, um, histone, DSLs, and uh, that sort of thing. And methylations are basically, you know, moving methyl groups around as well as like, like either longevity genes or, uh, you know, bad inflammatory genes. Uh, next up is uh, loss of proteases, prote proteostasis, uh, which is, you know, everything related to uh, protein and uh, putting together protein and uh, degrading it. So you're losing, you know, muscle mass is one of the biggest, uh, like Wally said, uh, one of the biggest things that uh, tends to happen with aging. Uh, Deregulated nutrient sensing, which uh, is a part of losing muscle mass because, you know, your anabolic hormones, these uh, growth pathways in the body, they go down like IGF-1, uh, testosterone, mTOR growth hormone, they go down uh, with age and uh, this ability to build muscle and use these anabolic pathways also, you know, becomes uh, dysfunctional. And next up is actually also uh, mitochondrial dysfunction and uh, mitochondria, you know, are the you know, power generators of the uh, cells. And uh, as mitochondria become damaged or uh, old, then your, you know, entire cells also eventually become so damaged that they turn uh, into senescent cells, which is the next hallmark of aging, uh, cellular senescence, uh, or, you know, they're also called zombie cells, <laughs> that they just stick around there. They don't really have any benefit to the body, but they accumulate damage and they spread the damage to the neighboring cells as well. And uh, next, uh, next one is uh, stem cell exhaustion, which is, uh, you know, stem cells are these rejuvenative uh, cells that uh, replace old and worn out cells. And, uh, you know, as you get older, your, your bank of stem cells you know, will, be, become, will become depleted and exhausted. And the last one is uh, altered intracellular communication. So uh, communication between cells and uh, as well as between these different systems in the body, like the endocrine system, the nervous system, the immune system, etc. So they're just going to experience this, I don't know, jet lag or something, mis miscommunication. And, um, you know, NAD, you mentioned NAD as well. So that is one of the biggest, let's say, the one recently has got, gotten the most attention to uh, in regards to aging and uh, NAD is also one of those things that goes down with age. So uh, if people don't know, then NAD stands for nicotinamide adenine dinucleotide. And it's a very uh, major coenzyme in the body that is involved with almost everything. And as you can see from this graph, 
then it's you know basically involved with all these hallmarks of aging: the telomere attrition, DNA damage, epigenetic alterations, uh, mitochondrial dysfunction, stem cells, senescent cells, uh, proteostasis. They're all kind of implicated with uh, NAD in some way. Like you need NAD to uh, you know conduct different processes in the body, and uh, yeah, as, as your NAD levels go down, then uh, these things also basically start to suffer the most as a result of that. And you, with your age, your NAD levels tend to drop quite uh, rapidly. So, you know, if you're young, then they're quite high. But even after like your 30s or so, they're going to start to uh, uh, decline quite rapidly. And by the time in your like 60s or 80s, then you're going to have less than half of uh, the NAD that you had in your youth. So NAD is, uh, you know, there's many things that you know, deplete NAD and, and uh, deteriorate it. The biggest one is actually inflammation. And um, because of the inflammation kind of activates this one most major uh, NAD consuming uh, enzyme called CD38. And uh, because of that, you know, if you're inflamed all the time, then your body basically has to like uh, use NAD to repair itself and uh, deal with inflammation. And plus, you know, other things as well, aging, DNA damage, all those things uh, consume NAD in some shape or form. And NAD itself is very uh, linked to the sirtuins, which are also considered, let's say, these longevity proteins in the body. And the sirtuins uh, have many roles. One of the roles is to help with the recycling of NAD through this, uh, this uh, rate-limiting enzyme called NAMPT. And uh, a lot of your NAD is actually recycled during the day. It's just that if you inhibit this NAMPT enzyme uh, or you don't have like enough sirtuins, then... Uh, this NAD is gonna, not going to be resalvaged. So how do you re recycle this uh, NAD? Uh, besides, you know, using maybe some uh, NAD precursors, you know, there's also, you know, the sirtuins both as well as NAD are circadian rhythm dependent. So they're both uh, linked to the circadian clock system. And uh, the main, main, uh, main uh, you know, clock is called clock, <laughs> clock BMAL1. And uh, this is, uh, you know, regulated by sirtuin-1. And the sirtuin-1 is uh, also, yeah, dependent on the circadian rhythm uh, synchronicity. So if you're, the biggest problem is that if you're, let's say, misaligned with the circadian rhythms and you're experiencing jet lag and sleep deprivation and those things, then uh, this uh, NAMPT enzyme is going to be uh, basically inhibited or suppressed. And uh, if this goes off, then uh, NAD is also not going to be resalvaged. And this, you know, is one of the biggest, uh, I think, I don't know, like underrated aspects to this accelerated aging that uh, your uh, because because your circadian systems are out of sync, then uh, your body isn't able to produce enough of its NAD, and uh, as a result, you uh, start to experience all these hallmarks of aging at a faster rate. And yeah, the, you know, because the thing is that the majority of your NAD is uh, resalvaged during the daytime, so like up to ninety percent or eighty percent of it is uh, resalvaged through this NAMPT uh, enzyme. And uh, yeah, imagine if you are inhibiting it or if you're, let's say, not fully optimized with your circadian rhythms, then uh, you're kind of missing out on a lot of the NAD and you wonder like, why? Why do I feel tired or why do I have, you know, these symptoms of accelerated aging and uh, deterioration? So the circadian system is uh, one of the biggest, uh, actually, let's say, uh, underdogs or <laughs> overlooked a lot. And this also reflects uh, with like the natural process of aging. So uh, another thing that ha does happen as you get older is this... Uh, hormone production or the uh, robustness of the circadian rhythms um, 
uh, goes uh, goes down, so it becomes more damp. So young people have like these really big swings in these uh, hormones, like really big swings in cortisol and melatonin. So in the morning they produce a lot of cortisol, and at nighttime they produce very little, and at nighttime they produce more melatonin. So that's like a, a, how our body is supposed to work because of there's day and night, and our body also produces different hormones uh, based upon the time of the day. Uh, but with your age, as you get older, biologically that is, then uh, this uh, robustness or the swings become very uh you know less less pronounced they dampen down and uh, as, a result of, as a result of that people who are old usually sleep less they sleep about like an hour or two less on average because of not producing enough melatonin or not producing enough uh, cortisol so you know part of the reason has to do with this dampening of the circadian uh, hormone system but fortunately you know this doesn't have to be uh know inevitable it's a there's a lot of actually some studies that do show that things like calorie restriction and individual fasting they can help to uh, repair these circadian rhythms and uh, rebuild this robustness because of uh, helping with uh, nad resynthesis so uh, things like individual fasting calorie restriction even some exercise and being aligned with the circadian rhythms uh, not being uh, not being desynchronized that helps to reproduce the nad and resalvage it which then keeps your circadian clock system also intact. And uh, with your circadian clock system intact, then uh, the hallmark, hallmarks of aging are going to be you know, slowed down. Uh, you're going to maintain this better intracellular communication and better genomic stability, uh, better DNA repair, and that sort of thing. Whereas things like you know, shift work, circadian disruption, being inflamed all the time, jet lag, uh, or you know, not doing any forms of time machine eating or something, then uh, your NAD levels are going to be lower. And this, you know, will lead to the uh, slow deterioration of your circadian clock system and ONAD, and then you're going to get all the hallmarks of aging. That's it. Die. Oh, <laughs> thanks, Sim. Uh, I was, you know, I was drifting into my years uh, as an ER physician <laughs> and that chronic <laughs> disruption of the circadian rhythms and, and you know night shifts and uh, nurses you know I, I kind of wondered as a young youngster and young doctor how come most of the nurses were fat and they were mm. definitely not healthy and uh, that this this you know this explains a lot you know going through this kind of like a three shift work having night shift and constantly changing it's not staying the same but you know their shifts are kind of shifting forward yeah. so uh they age definitely a lot faster and then there's a kind of like artificial lights and uh bad air stressful work environment and and so on so if you if you want to live healthy i don't recommend that you train yourself as a <laughs> nurse or or, right. or a doctor uh yeah that that was a impressive uh like a from from your and your slides and and the knowledge you have, it seems that you're getting deeper and deeper uh, all the time. Uh, one one I, thing or one sign that didn't mentioned in these like nine hallmarks of aging was actually recently discovered and uh, that has been shown to be like the tenth sign of aging, which is the extra extracellular matrix stiffness and dysregulation. And uh, this is kind of a very interesting uh, topic because we know that once people get older, their bodies get stiff. And when you watch uh, uh, an older person walk, they're usually like 
like this and very stiff body that's, that's uh, going going like this and of course sarcopenia and, and loss of strength and muscle and so on but this exercise matrix stiffness definitely has an has a place here and uh, we discussed like in the Finnish version of this webinar that uh, like this this manual therapies fascial release like muscle tissue release and and you can you get release of these like scar tissues and breaking down these external matrix is uh, i would say it's 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 very important what comes to anti-aging and what comes to longevity so you take care of your body that it stays young especially for athletes because this kind of uh, like like uh, this uh, adhesions in different kind of tissues they develop if you create a lot of microtrauma and you don't actually have the perfect position for for the um, regeneration of the of the break broke down tissue so that's that's a, for example for bodybuilders they might be like super muscular but they also might be very stiff just because of this and uh, yeah so this is like the 10th sign of aging of course has to do with a lot of, a lot of like different kind of uh, molecular pathways and uh, creating rage as we can see yeah. in the in the, <laughs> in, yeah. in the diabetes <laughs> diabetes <laughs> now it's so hard to clean out from the system i mean there mm. is um if you take for example the heart and you take the aorta it tends to uh, expand like a rubber band as you age and it becomes yeah. stiff and that causes a uh, loss of uh, pressure in microveins so when your heart is pumping blood in microveins you know you get like a, a change in the pressure and it's very delicate system and it's very hard to fix i mean you can just replace the aorta with surgical <laughs> so, yeah uh, so, Cal calcification you know, is, is like the, one of the biggest things even if you take resveratrol yeah. like it's not gonna re restore it to its original functioning and it's it is it is extra serial it's a matrix it's it has mm. these cross links and breaking them is like extremely yeah. hard and we don't know yet like what to do to this problem like even if you fix everything else like uh, yeah. like cancer and uh, heart disease uh, in in other ways like still like this is a huge problem that's going to show up as you age now there is a lot of questions about supplementation like people are probably interested in hearing what you guys think about nad um someone is asking uh quite uh, advanced questions also about uh, uh how do i pronounce this <laughs> versus Rapamycin, metformin, I took some spermidine, uh, berberin. Uh, many of these are linked to actually to blood sugar regulation <clears throat> and kind of avoiding, um, I guess, the, the, the inflammatory damage also that uh, high or fluctuating blood sugar values might cause. Like, what do you think, Seem, about supplementation and and so these anti-aging uh, supplements yeah well depends on which one uh, when it comes to like comparing uh, resveratrol and pterostilbene then uh, the both are supposed to be like sirtuin activators and uh, but i think that pterostilbene is also like a considered like a nad precursor whereas uh, I don't, I'm, I'm not sure if resveratrol has been you know considered at that but you know, resveratrol usually has like other benefits as well, like you know, better with uh, blood sugar and uh, 
and uh, like glycation and things like that. So, yeah, <laughs> I think like if you take one or the other, then that's going to be, you know, plenty enough. So you don't need to like stack them together uh, mm -hmm. or something like that. Uh, when it comes yeah. to like any 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 precursors in general, then uh, I do, you know, I think that they can definitely be useful, you know, as a like this uh, occasional thing that you uh, take in uh, in the in the right amounts. So yeah, taking them all the time is probably not a good idea uh, because you know excess NAD can also have like some bad effects on like cancers and uh, things like that. So you would want to maybe only use these NAD precursors if uh, you are like uh, yes jet lagged or uh, sleep deprived or circadian rhythms are mismatched. Uh, then they can definitely do help. Like I actually recently you know did this uh, you know experiment. I measured my NAD levels as well. So uh, before before I you know, started taking like the larger doses of NMN uh, for like a month or so. Then before that, my NAD levels were already like, you know, in the high zone. Uh, but um, I'm curious to see, like I, I, I sent the second test back to the lab, but it hasn't like arrived yet. So but maybe in mm. a few uh, weeks, I'll, you know, know uh, what has done, right. what has like taking a large dose of NMN for every day did to did it raise my NAD levels even higher. Uh, but one thing, that I did, one thing I did notice was that, you know, I need less sleep if I take like this NMN so that you're, you're you're less affected by i don't know sleeping shorter and you're still mm. you know keeping you keeping yourself energized uh, while doing that do you do you think the nad plus can be too high um well i don't know i don't know like depends on your age or something mm. and depends on how how high uh for sure like you know if it's maybe in Depends on like what measurements are you using, so to say, to measure it. So yeah. the, the reference the reference ranges that I was in the test was like above twenty was supposed to be high, and mine was like twenty four or something twenty five or something. Uh, and they did say that some people who are taking a lot of it have have reached the score of like sixty or something, which uh, okay, sounds, <laughs> sounds, sounds, sounds pretty, pretty high. Sense. Yeah, because I I, okay. I have to think about this, like uh, diminishing. Uh, return like this kind of like yeah. a u-shaped like uh, this inverted u-shaped yeah. curve that there has to be yeah. some some kind of limit to the advantages and then it actually might might get back at back at you yeah. so um you may honestly, you may score high but you may not notice any difference so there's yeah. probably not a difference yeah. between having a 40 or 30. my my approach has been that i take both uh the nr the nicotinamine riverside and the nmn at the same time uh, twice per month, like uh, like just maybe like thirty days. So that's that's mm. uh, my approach, and it, that seems to work pretty pretty well. I haven't measured yet uh, the NAD level, so I, that's also my, my one question to you: see what what measurement do you use actually to get this NAD plus measured? So I I know definitely in Finland we don't have a, a lab who's who's measuring this. Yeah, the uh, actually the only let's say at home test kit out there is by this uh, do not age .org, like a company that uh, has they the uh, they sell like different yeah resveratrol and NMN, uh, but they also have this uh, first uh, NAD testing kit basically that measures yeah like the NAD in your blood. There is actually a Finnish test. Uh, at the University of Helsinki, they have developed a method for measuring. NAD levels uh, directly, and um, they use yeah, that in study. That's, a, that's a, like a lab, but you know yeah. the one that I used was you, you you get the test kit into your uh, home through mail. Yeah, but yeah. basically what I mean is that this type of testing is uh, still early, and it's probably gonna right. become much more easily accessible. And the tests that seem 
he's telling about this. It's one of the first ones on the market about testing this. Mm. Now, of course, you can measure your ketone levels and all those kind of undirect markers of that are related to NAD production. But to go back to the conversation about if you should take NAD supplements and maybe, you know, many other things like there's a question from Portia Snyder. I'm 73 years old, young, active runner. I exercise eat healthy, um, I need to know if NAC I'm taking is a benefit for my body and bones. And, you know, there is this interesting thing about um, many of these uh, uh, supplements related to anti-aging and, and also for cognitive decline, that the studies are often done on elderly people and you see like significant improvement in 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 elderly people, but in young people that you don't necessarily see a benefit, and there might be a reverse effect. And a good example is actually glutathione and NAC. Uh, so if you are over seventy years old, you actually get extreme benefit from taking NAC and glutathione as supplement. But I just today I reviewed a couple of. Uh, of studies about um, NAC and glutathione, and they tend to, in high amounts, increase tumor growth factor, uh, like the tumor um, occurrence and growth of tumors also. Like if you have a tumor with NAC, you're going to speed up its growth, at in, least in, in animals. animals. Yeah. This is in animal models, but of course, like uh, if that translates to humans, we don't know yet, but it's similar to some of the studies that they did with vitamin E, uh, looking at another antioxidant, and uh, they noticed that supplementation with vitamin E is, uh, if you are not uh, deficient on it, might be a stupid idea from cancer perspective. So sometimes you actually need this uh, uh, this this catabolism, catabolism and and oxidative damage actually. Um, and and a good example if, is senescent cells. Like senescent cells are are one of the hallmarks of aging also. But they have a role in wound healing, for example. And um, exercise is another good example. If you exercise, you want to cause damage. If you take a lot of antioxidants afterwards, you're going to diminish the, the, the effects of exercise. So you want damage sometimes. You just don't want to uh, suppress it everywhere. And if you suppress inflammation uh, uh, greatly with these supplements, and if you suppress uh, several processes in the body that are related to um, inflammation, then there might be a, a counterproductive effect. So we forget sometimes that the human body is a homeostatic system and strives for balance and often all extremes are bad. So you want to have a balanced system. So definitely for Portia, NAC is a good idea. And what Seem just said about NADs, NAD supplementation, and, and someone would also say about NAC, is that it's perhaps not for a healthy young individual daily regimen. It's something you take strategically when you are under a load or stress, sleep deprivation, where, where you are showing up um, uh, like um, parameters or, or signs of aging, or if you're accelerating aging with certain behaviors, then like drinking alcohol, then you might want to take NAC. So taking it every single day or a long period of time, uh, we don't know yet from, from science perspective, if it's a smart thing to do like with certain vitamins, it's definitely not. What do you guys think about? Yeah, um, I'm totally on, on the same same path. And uh, for example, NAC, uh, I take it, if I, if I drink alcohol very rarely, uh, maybe like 600 milligrams. And uh, 
maybe once a year along your period, maybe, maybe like a few weeks, I, I boost boost these levels. But uh, my glutathione levels are are already high. I've measured them a couple of times with with the Genova Diagnostics Nutribol test, which is a uh, in my opinion, the best nutrition um, metabolism evaluation test kit you can have. Uh, yeah, I actually ordered uh, liposomal glutathione to my father, who is 74. He's, he's very active, very healthy. And uh, he actually asked, <laughs> asked, asked it for, you know, this C-virus thing. And uh, we know that the glutathione levels actually go low and uh, he's definitely in the, in the risk group. So... Taking some liposomal yeah. glutathione as over 70 years old. Grandpa is a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this uh, dysregulation of mitochondria is a big issue with aging, and it's also related to several virus infections, including this virus, which name I don't remember, which is going around the world. I don't remember now what it is, but basically, this weird virus, it actually hijacks your adenovirus, I think. Yeah. Or, or retrovirus. Uh, it's basically hijacking your mitochondria for its own use and definitely like something like that or any other type of infection you may want to boost uh, your mitochondrial function um, to get back on track especially if you have this i think they call them some kind of like long uh, forget i don't know but long long term like um, uh, kind of symptoms or effects so in that situation it's often a mitochondrial dysfunction uh, behind that kind of uh, weirdness as well as immune system like doing its own weird stuff so balancing it out you, you definitely want to restore mitochondrial function which is i don't i think it's not discussed enough in the context of uh, disease recovery so yeah there's some good questions coming in um on uh, on uh, yeah, there, Voodoo Chile is saying regular rule is, of thumb is to cycle all supplements. Exactly. Mm. You don't want to yeah. uh, like be religiously doing something every single day for the rest of your life. Uh, even metformin that has been uh, discussed in the anti-aging and longevity circles as some kind of thing that you know several of these figures have been taking on a daily basis. Now, many of them have stopped using it, like Peter Attia recently said in Tim Ferriss' podcast that he's no longer taking metformin. If you're a young individual, taking metformin might diminish your uh, muscle uh, mass and, and development and make you actually a weak, <laughs> pretty weak. But like, if you are over 70 years old, maybe that can extend your lifespan much more easily. So actually supplementation becomes so much more key when you are older melatonin is another example like melatonin production is reduced as you age so then you want to support with these things for sure i would like to comment on the, on the metformin side because there is a lot better uh equivalent even better option which is berberine so uh mm. it doesn't mm. have the same like side effects that metformin has but uh almost ex exactly the same benefits with berberine and even even better that's like recently discovered is the active metabolic uh, form of uh, berberine, which is the dehydroberberine. So I, I see a lot more potential in that. And uh, uh, as what I've seen and taking closer look at the research, the side effects are very minimal when you compare it to metformin. Yeah. So, yeah. so guys, what 
what are like the the key things that you do um, to to on a regular basis to extend your lifespan? For me, I would say most of them are free. Things like heat alteration, cold thermogenesis, sauna, uh, fasting, uh, intermittent fasting, basically sleeping enough. So many of these kind of healthy lifestyles uh, that activate naturally your body's uh, pathways related to longevity and uh, autophagy and make you live long, those tend to be the, the best stuff out there. What do you think, Seam, for example? Hmm. Yeah, I think like, you know, the, all the things that we've talked about uh, I think they're not going to increase like your lifespan, so to say. I think they're going to just increase the health span, which you know is the uh, that you mentioned earlier this uh, functional, basically wellness and functional fitness uh, for longer. So for for our humans to go beyond our you know natural lifespan or something, then yeah, we need to you know do more like genetic engineering or something like that. So to say, like all this biohacking is, uh, I think it's just just to do uh, increase your health span and uh, keep you keep you younger for uh, longer. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, I think uh, you know one of the my favorite ones is still. Like mentioned also in the uh, presentation, that intermittent fasting is one of the most effective ways of, you know, keeping your circadian rhythms uh, working better and also helping with energy recycling. Uh, then next to that, you know, of course, exercise, maintaining muscle mass and uh, strength as well, and uh, like you know, sleeping well, sleeping in a, let's say, in a, in a regular, consistent manner. So kind of waking up and uh, going to bed around the same time to maintain the circadian uh, alignment. And uh, just eating, you know, covering your micronutrients from diet, which, you know, you need the minerals and vitamins to, you know, produce the antioxidants and uh, defense systems. And uh, lastly, maybe like, you know, hot and cold therapy is also is uh, generally associated with like uh, greater longevity and uh, just better uh, resilience in general. So hot and cold, the cold, you know, does, I think the cold makes sense that the cold would maybe have like a bigger effect on uh, longevity that it kind of slows down the enzymatic reactions in the body and uh, kind of, you know, the cryotherapy and uh, freezing yourself in the future is, you know, a thing that people think they're going to live uh, for longer <laughs> by freezing themselves and waking up in the future. So, yeah, the cold that does, you know, slow down this uh, biological aging process, at least like in the short term. Yeah, that, that's some health, health span to spend your life in a coma, cold-induced cold <laughs> yeah. coma where your, all your systems have been like... A, yeah gone to zero yeah uh you know that's uh, all the same stuff see mentioned here i would also add like good social relations uh because now we know the blues owners they have uh, like a very good social connections uh good connections to the family uh, like a, you have this uh, certain entourage like your close people and you're spending a lot of time with with uh, loved ones and uh having having a nice family interaction and uh you, of course, you need also touch, you need col close connection to other people. But uh, you also need some, um, uh, what I would say increases health span for sure is uh, art, music, and have, having a spiritual meaning. Um, see, it like, like feeling that you have a place in this world, like you're doing something meaningful for yourself. Uh, we have discussed the concept of Ikigai before. That, that is also something to think about um, being grateful. Like uh, I do this five-minute journal every day and that's been transforming the way I think about each day and how I begin and end my days. And uh, for me, humor is uh, like comedy and humor is, is uh, it's, it's, uh, 
it's absolutely necessary and having at least one good laughter per day uh, most preferably like more ones and just you know just joking around being being uh kind of like the fun guy eating a lot of fun guy <laughs> and uh yeah. you know it's uh you know smiling in itself creates these positive signals and uh changes the biology of your brain and, uh, and uh, your happiness and uh that has a lot to do you can do like all these things like these things you mentioned here right but if you're not having a social relationship so you're living alone uh, and just you know uh digging a grave to your own griefs then it's it's uh definitely not going to increase the health span some people might say that they became the healthiest ever after they divorced so <laughs> <laughs> always that way uh, for some people but in the end of course good relationships we are social beings that is very important now um if we are looking into uh, uh longevity it itself uh, and uh, the different mechanisms um uh, in the end it's it's all about living a balanced uh, life and and having a good lifestyle and diet and um, social support uh and and with biohacking you can kind of push the last mile a couple of last miles definitely perhaps with a little bit more advanced rejuvenation technologies we are able to extend human lifespan even uh, beyond uh, the the current limits the current limit is around 120 years old um, if you do everything right you might be lucky to live 100 years maybe with biohacking we push that for 20 20 more years uh, down the road now uh, the question i have for you guys is like um, like if someone wants to you know, start taking care of themselves uh, uh, and, and making sure they have not just long lifespan, but good health span. What are the basic things to start from? Um, like what should you avoid? I think it's also one important thing, important factor to bring out because we are also accelerating aging with different uh, choices that we do. So, so what are the things that you would avoid if you want to avoid also becoming sick and uh, uh, and accelerating the aspects of aging? Well, I think uh, it's very very genetic based as well because, if I'm not mistaken, then one of the oldest uh, you know people who lived uh, smoked <laughs> cigarettes, and usually there's actually a lot of these people who are centenarians and they're like you know drinking and uh, smoking a little bit, so they have just good genetics uh, for that. <laughs> so, but yeah, I think, you know, the, the, you have to actually look at much more so, um, you know, the status of your body instead of, you know, what is what you're doing, sort of say. So some people can eat like a lower carb diet, some people eat a higher carb diet. And what matters is mostly, yeah, like the actual, you know, the, their biomarkers. So like, are you metal, do you have diabetes? Do you have metabolic syndrome? Do I have high blood pressure? You can stay in the optimal zone with the, all the healthy biomarkers on almost any diet. And, you know, you have to... I would much rather look at the results of what you're doing instead of like the methods of you know how you're getting there. Diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, can, can you tell me, repeat your question? Uh, yeah, avoiding. Okay, I repeat it myself. Uh, that's a good point. Seem seem like mentioned there. Uh, so take take the blue zoners. Uh, I think they like quite many actually like smoke cigarettes and uh, but they did it in in the social like uh, 
gatherings and it was like a shared experience, but, but probably it, it has to do with also genetics. And uh, for Finnish people, alcohol is not, you know, it's it's not that well tolerated. And we actually have like kind of like the rage gene, which makes us <laughs> like even more intolerable to alcohol and its negative effects on, on behavior. So definitely like taking it easier with that. Of course, hormesis. What what is what is too much and what what is enough to create a hormetic response? That that's also one thing. Uh, I would go also into this more like social and uh, environmental aspect. So uh, avoiding negative people. Of course, this is kind of like a cliche, but uh, if you spend a lot of time with the people you don't want to spend time who are like constantly nagging and constantly like being negative and and not not with good energy so to speak uh that that's also I, i i'm pretty sure that's taking years of your life and if you're spending your life in the workplace that you're not uh you're, you're not really wanting to be there you're not doing what you actually want to do uh can take years of your life so uh, doing something that you actually live like and uh, surround yourself with people you want want to spend time and what, that make you feel good and of course challenge you a little bit that's that's a part of the growth uh, but not like being constantly negative and uh, maybe even like pressing you down so uh, that that's something I would add here I, yeah. I would also add that looking at the blue zones one of them is that they constantly move throughout the day so they don't yeah. use elevator cars or Uh, they don't sit in chairs in front of their computers. They are tending their gardens, uh, often in pretty rocky mountain uh, seaside kind of uh, uh, environments. Uh, they are having activity throughout the day. So it's the greasing the groove method that mm-hmm. they practice throughout the day. The other thing is fresh air. So lack of uh, environmental pollutants and city life and stress and hurry and schedules and to-do lists and all that stress. Um, that is one thing definitely that breaks things down and accelerates aging. So if you can learn stress management as a skill and uh, spend more time in nature and having activity throughout the day, that's already a pretty good thing compared to just having supplements and workout yeah. between your moments of computer use. One thing that I want to comment about the negative people thing is that that is slightly a trap Because some people, uh, for them, actually, it's all about changing the, their uh, attitudes or relationships uh, to the way the way they think about these situations or people. So you can change other people, but you can change yourself or your response. Because in the end, the stress response that happens on a biochemical level, um, the signals that you're getting in, it's all, all it's you in the end who is uh, uh, creating that response. So learning also to tolerate people and differences and 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 um, uh, taking a different perspective or maybe asking questions that if someone is you know raging at you that they maybe they have a bad day and it's not about you it's about them so so it's all about how you approach situations also that makes you live longer and in that sense stoic philosophy which is very abundant in in biohacking circles as a as a concept is 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 i think one of the cornerstones of attitudes when it comes to situations that everyone's life is a suffering but in the end it's your choice how you respond to it and um that i think is important to uh, to remember also yeah for sure you can train train your uh, 
yeah how, the stoic you... approach yeah the sto the stoic approach is to actually you know uh, engage in disputes and uh these are uh, bad people <laughs> because you're you know increasing your mental resilience uh, in the process whereas you yeah. know the Epicure epicurean approach is to uh avoid discomfort and avoid challenges and avoid bad people uh so to say just, just so that you would maintain your own uh, peace of calm through that but the stoic approach is yeah that i'm going to maintain my peace of calm even if i am surrounded by these uh, bad situations bad events or bad bad people yeah i, I would uh like use hormetic approach into this <laughs> yeah. as well so uh microdose yeah of course uh, you you need to like uh, be in situations that are not optimal and for example like a <laughs> super super crowded uh let, let, let's say this this super uh or like a supermarket place with hundreds of people like uh walking around in in like in a hurry and stress and wearing masks and uh, like watching each other so i i take for example take these as practices to to like uh, improve my mm -hmm. resilience and, and the tolerance of course uh, you can sense what, what's the general vibe in there and uh, you don't necessarily want to spend the whole day there but that's also increasing your stamina in, into these kind of situations uh i just spoke to a lady uh at my daughter's like football training so she she's a mom of, of my daughter's friend and she's working as a as a lawyer in this like construction company and uh, she just described her typical working day i was like okay that's pretty interesting like uh, spending hours in in like this uh zoom uh, zoom like conversations and even in, in the workplace so they're ba basically shouting every day so uh uh, I, I wouldn't want to be like shouting every day at work and, and like taking in this like uh, shouting and, and bad behavior. So there's also a line that you can say, okay, no, thanks. Uh, I choose something else. All right, guys. So um, I think we are coming to the end of this uh, stream here. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah. Harry is going to the gym already. And uh, <laughs> Stupid. Greetings to team. Stay healthy and thank you for educational lessons and videos. Um, and and Chris Wickman is commenting on understanding and knowing your genetic weaknesses that can help if you address them. That's definitely true for me. Like vitamin D levels, I can measure it in blood. I can supplement what's on the bottle, but in the end, uh, genetic tests showed me that I absorb it, uh, and I'm. I'm a person who, from a genetic reason, has uh, averagely lower vitamin D levels. So for me, I need to take higher doses. So I'm, I'm taking from a dropper bottle a bit higher doses every mm. week, and that keeps that at check. And Oli is a highly sensitive person, probably genetic reasons on the nervous system. So he needs to avoid uh, crowded supermarkets and negative people and, and all that. So you have to understand your own personal context from which you are coming from and kind of tune your environment to that, that, that works for you. Like um, if, if you are doing exercise, understanding what kind of muscle types you have and what is your recovery rate and, and not engaging in activity that's going to speed up aging or potentially uh, risk a heart, heart attack or, uh, or, or in the end also like um, uh, injury, for example, that's another thing like people get, musculoskeletal uh, and, and biomechanic problems also that hinder their performance uh, or their discs in their backs uh, 
become a problem and when you get into chronic pain and chronic inflammation it has a systemic effect which is interesting it's like you can have like just the the if you think about the pillars of healthy life and aging in the end you just have to like uh uh you know get into trouble in one area and there might be a cascading effect you know uh, there might be a cascading effect from just uh, getting one chronic ailment that leads to addiction, that leads to poor relationships, uh, um, increased consumption of, uh, of of foods that you don't want to eat, um, depression, whatnot. Like there, there's this can this can basically like this whole card of house uh, the house of cards can can just like crumble down, and that's part of resilience is to be able to you know holistically understand the different aspects and take care of of multiple different fronts like you take care of your gut and you don't get like systemic effects in your body for example um you can do all the exercise but if your gut is destroyed like many people who have done exercise they report uh, at extreme they report like that it, that led to years of problems uh by by going too far on diets for example so Living a balanced life is is certainly one of the cornerstones of living a long life. Um, all right, so uh, we have great offers at bikercenter.com. There is the ketosis category, and uh, also go to uh, the resilient um, being.com. You can uh, pre-order the resilient being book. It's uh, the sequel to Barker's handbook, uh, over a thousand pages in, in the works. And everyone who pre-orders supports our work. If you like what we do, this is one of the best ways to support. And uh, we, we give back uh, a lot, lot more than the book uh, in exchange. So uh, with that, I thank you guys. And uh, I wish you an amazingly resilient week and that hopefully expands your lifespan. I'm going to take a lot of sun because I don't get that too often when I'm indoors or, you know, only a couple of months in the year. I think all is going to do the same and seem, seem definitely. And uh, for our audience, if you liked this session, please subscribe, please like, please share, and please type in the comments, what did you like about this webinar? How can we improve? What was the best? How are you extending your lifespan or health span? Uh, we are eager to hear from you. All right. I'll see you around. Thank you. And uh, signing out and have a good weekend or the next week and the summer. Adios. Ciao.